I tried to commit suicide and wound up being hospitalized for 14 days. In 2005, I got hooked on methamphetamines and I just went further downhill from there. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There was no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk about real people who had real problems but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about the dangers of drug addiction. There are many people who do drugs, and they really say to themselves, I'll never be an addict. I have control over this thing. When in reality, the drug is controlling them. Or is it just the drugs? Or is there something deeper? We're going to have Davey Cannon, who's going to tell his story of how he got into recreational drug use that slowly turned into an addiction to ease his pain in life. Davey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Ah, Davey, I'm glad you're on the show to help us understand some truths about what happened in your life regarding drugs and alcohol addiction. I'm understanding that you were raised going to a church and you were basically a good kid, but then it all started at the age of 12 with you and drugs and alcohol. Tell us how it all started. Well, I grew up in a real rural area and just not much to do around that area. And me and about three of my friends just bored and started getting into smoking pot Mm. and eventually drinking. And it just started from there. Mm. But you got caught like two years later at the age of 14, right? Did that make you want to stop from there? Well, my addictions and everything just got worse from there. Mm-hmm. Tried to commit suicide and wound up being hospitalized for 14 days. Would have thought when I came out of that that it would have done something to change my life, but it didn't. Mm. That right there is the truth of addictions. It had you. What did you end up getting into at that point in your life? At that time, I would experiment. I was doing LSD. I was smoking pot. We would do mushrooms, drinking a lot of beer. Mm. Wound up graduating from high school and thought the military would not only help me, but I wanted to serve my country. But in the Navy, I found more opportunities to drink and then my alcoholism just got worse. Wow. Most people who do drugs don't think they'll get addicted to it. They're just thinking it's going to be good because the drugs make them feel good. Now, was the feel good from the drugs enough to make you happy? I never tell anybody any stories about it. I had moments of pleasure that I thought at that time were pleasure. And I had moments where I thought I had release from my situations. Mm. But I look back now and I realize that that pain was just growing in me. Mm. Wow. Now, the addiction carried on into your adult life, where it even got worse as you're having children with complications in birth in the year. Tell us about that. That was my second child, Eli, and Eli was born one pound, 10 ounces. They told us that he had a 10% chance of making it. We spent 114 days in the hospital. That drove my depression and everything to a deeper point Mm. and just fueled my alcoholism. It fueled my drug abuse, and I just went further downhill from there. Wow. And I'm understanding one drug led to another, one addiction to the next, and it kept getting worse. Is that right? Yeah, in 2005, I got hooked on methamphetamines, and that was literally one of the worst years of my life. Mm -hmm. I was addicted to crystal meth. I continued to traffic crystal meth and got in a lot of trouble with my family. 
would have gotten some trouble with the law if I hadn't been for my mother doing everything she could and spending her savings to keep me out of trouble. Hmm. Where was God in your life in all this mess? How did you feel about Him during this time? I'll be honest, my wife was praying for me that whole time, but there was no relationship between me and God at that time. I wasn't even focused on God because I had accepted the fact that salvation was not possible for me. Wow. What was it that made you feel at the time that salvation was impossible for you with God? It went too far. I had done some things that I felt were unforgivable. Mm -hmm. The way I treated my wife, the way I treated my kids. You know, as a husband and a father, you reach a point to where you wanted to do the right thing, but you reach a point to where when you've truly had destruction in your life that you felt like you've done everything wrong, raising your kids, being a husband, Mm -hmm. you violated too many principles to ever come back from that. Oh, that is a dangerous place to be spiritually, as it opened up the door for simply diving more into your drug addiction. Is that right? Well, my addiction, you know, from the time I used it the first time, I never went a moment without using it for a solid year. Oh, my gosh. And each time that I used just took me down a deeper road. And by the time I had probably gotten to the eighth or ninth month of that addiction, I was suffering from paranoid delusion. I was suffering from Mm. weakness. I was suffering from fatigue because I hadn't eaten. The meth was fueling my strength and my energy, even though my body was giving out on me. And my family had finally caught on to what was going on. I had accused my children of doing things to hurt me and coming against me. I blamed everybody for everything but myself. Oh, that's so sad. What a cycle of hurt to yourself and to those around you. That doesn't sound like a life of pleasure and bliss, but a cyclone of torment and loneliness. But I understand that your wife played a pivotal role in your getting free from all of this. And after having another child, she told you to get into rehab. Tell us about that. Well, and during that time, I was was stricken with sickness, and my life, it took such a turn for the worse. But my wife actually left me and told me she would not come back if I didn't get help. Mm -hmm. So eventually, I gave in to that, and she got me a room down south in Delray Beach. She took me down there and put me in rehab. She would literally drive from North Florida to South Florida every Friday to come spend the weekend and visit me. And the whole time, I still thought that she was out to get me because I was so deprived from what I should have been by the drug use and the fatigue and the wearing out of my body. And my oldest son just hated me. He hated the ground that I walked on. He was 16 years old. I had done so many things to him. And and I felt like I had lost everything, that nothing was going to come back. And in my second week of rehab, I reached a moment to where I knew that I had fallen as far as I could. And I came to reason with myself that either I could continue to stay there and wallow in my issue, or I could grab for something better. I just laid on my bed one night and I asked God if I hadn't went too far to please come into my life and just take the desire of drugs and alcohol from me. And I watched the Spirit of the Lord enter that room. I watched the Holy Spirit come into that room and lift everything that I had ever done, every drug, every drink, every punishment I'd put on my children, He took from me. And He spent time with me in that room. I felt the presence of God and I knew at that moment my life would never be the same. I had no idea that I was fixing a light out on a road that I had no control over. Wow. So here you're discovering that when you called out to Jesus, God accepted you. It wasn't too late. And you felt the life-changing presence of the Lord. Did your life change from this point? I walked in church for the first time in the Church of God in Steenhatchee on Father's Day of 2012. That was a powerful day in my life, not only as a father, but as reaching out for our Heavenly Father. And it always will be a precious day in my life. And my pastor, George Haig, 
led me to share my testimony, and I shared it. Six months later, he asked me to become the youth pastor, and I did. And that was in 2012, and I just kept seeking the Lord. And in 2014, I became an exhorter in the Church of God. My ministry continued to grow. In 2014, also, we started a ministry called Overcomers, which has just grown and become a faith-based alternative for AA and NA. So that's like seven, eight years ago when all this happened, and you've been serving the Lord since, which is so powerful. What would you say to someone who feels like it's too late for them? or maybe another family member who might be caught up in the cycle of addiction? Believe. Just believe in Him because He's powerful. And His Word will lift everything that you've ever done, not only out of your spirit, but it will fill your life with every bit of joy that He ever meant. Hmm. So good. This is not a story you hear every day, but truly it is a testimony that is really encouraging, Davey. Thank you so much for sharing what God has done in your life. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. Hold tight. Let's unravel this a bit more after the break. Hey everyone, as an evangelist, I'm really into changing people's lives with a powerful message of the cross. Do you know people are getting set free from drugs, addictions, and internal anguish by the power of the Holy Spirit working through our show? Will you ask the Holy Spirit if He wants you to partner with us financially? Every donation will help us to reach 1 million more people. Think of it. 30 people giving $100 a month will bring this show in front of 1 million more people. Will you help me to get to one more city in the U.S.? You can give by going to awakenthenations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? I think that most would be wondering this question, how God could accept someone who is addicted to drugs? I mean, that's exactly what Davy Cannon thought about himself. He was thinking that he was too far gone. In his mind, he was full of condemnation and self-hatred. You can hear that coming through his testimony. You know, and how many of us can feel like that? When we take an honest look at our lives, we may compare it to others or what we think of their lives. We may think, oh gosh, their life is so perfect and mine's not. We may feel like we measure short and we feel that inside. We feel that we aren't good enough maybe. And if that's you, I want to encourage you. If you feel like you aren't good enough, well, the truth is you aren't good enough. Okay, now hold on. The good news is you don't have to be good enough. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. Let me explain. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, 19, it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. According to the perfect law of God, we all fall short. <laughs> we are all guilty before this holy God. And deep inside, you know this. You can feel this. It leads you to feel the need to compensate through good works, like Davy. Or maybe, like Davy, actually, it leads you to continue in recklessness and sin and just stay away from God and say, I'm not good enough for Him. But the truth is, you don't have to be good enough for Him. Your sinfulness and your mistakes actually attract God's salvation to you. Now, He hates sin, but Jesus showed that He came for sinners because it says in John three seventeen, it says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. You see, you don't have to clean up your life. You don't have to make everything all right. Jesus came so that he can help you and he can make your life right through his grace. You can accept him. You can come to him and have a relationship with him. You don't have to do this life trying to figure it all out on your own, trying to be a great person to impress God. God is not impressed. He loves you. He wants your heart. So Lord Jesus, we just come to you. And I'm praying for my friend, my specific friend who's saying in their heart, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. And I'm trying to be good enough. And it's so hard. Lord Jesus, we give that burden to you and we surrender to you. And Lord Jesus, we just admit we're not good enough. We're sinners, God, the Bible calls it. We mess up. We ask for you, Lord Jesus, to forgive us of our sins daily, but specifically of our past. And Jesus, we receive you. We receive that gift of salvation. We receive your grace even now. And someone can sense you're receiving this right now. The grace of God is coming upon you. So Lord Jesus, let us just rest in this. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you are blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.